time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all time great and two time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to another week of SBL Shootaround and all of a sudden things are getting really exciting. The West Coast Classic has been been a wonderful addition to our 2020 season in place of the SBL and now we've got two weeks to go before the massive finals weekend and and I still think we've got six teams in contention to, to play finals. So two weeks to go. Some of these teams fighting for a final spot have two games to go. Some of them have three. So there's plenty to play for over the last two weeks of the season. And, of course, thanks to Wandering Distillery, we have our Player of the Week award to give away again this week. And also, the vote, votes in our Player of the Year award, thanks to Scarf Realty, is really heating up. We had one player this weekend, Randy. She delivered 75 points over her her two games this weekend. So who gets our three votes for this week? It's probably no surprise, but she's already won our Wandering Distillery Play of the Week award. So we'll discuss that and a lot more later on in our show. And as luck, luck will have it, that very same player is our special guest for this week on SBL Shootaround. So plenty to look forward to on this week's show. I'm Chris Pike and looking forward to bringing it all to you with the help of this man, the two-time SBL Coach of the Year, Randy Meagle, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah, great weekend of basketball. And like you just mentioned there, Stacey Bars mm. just put in a performance that's uh, amazing. And she's done that over her career. You know, I've sort of had a look at some of the point tallies she's put up. And she had a 52, I think, against Lakeside a couple yep. of years ago and a 45. And she actually holds the record. I'd have to ask her mm-hmm. when we speak to her. She had 55 points in the big V, yep. I think, back in, you know, the mid 2014, 15 yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, phenomenal weekend absolutely and she's the all-time three-point shot maker at at the college that that she went to as as well and it, it was a big school she it wasn't a small school that she achieved that at, at as well with with her her college career at the university of idaho so she's been a big time shot maker and scorer her whole career and before she put up her 49 points on saturday night randy we had already decided to speak to her this week it's just lucky that we picked the best possible time. Yeah, the timing's awesome, really, wasn't it? It was just lucky. So. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so plenty to talk to Stacey Barr about later on this episode of SBL Shootaround. She's even had a crack at playing at, at playing AFL women's football, the Fremantle Dockers as well. So we can discuss that with her as well because, to me, she's the best player in, in the competition right now. The fact that she won the MVP award last year backs that up. But over the last... 10, 15 years, Randy, we've had some incredible talents playing in the SBL. Sammy Whitcomb was one of them who just burst onto the scene at the Rockingham Flames and has now gone on to become a WNBA, a WNBL and a Australian Opals superstar. Casey Milo, who's someone that for you know almost 500 games now has been a remarkable player at the Mandra Magic and you had the the pleasure of coaching her so you have some unique insight into her and and really Ali Schwagmeyer was unbelievable to win three straight MVP awards in this league is an incredible thing and she's gone on to show what she's capable of in the WNBL ever since as well so on SBL Shootaround we want to make sure that we finish this year off with a with a bang Randy so we're starting off 
with Stacey Barr, the best player in the league right now. And then over the last three weeks, we hope to bring you the three best players that we've seen over the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope we can get them on board and touch base with those three girls. And I'm sure that they'll want to want to get on and have a chat to us and promote the, the West Coast Classic and see what they're, they're all up to, you know. But uh, also the last week's uh, show was really, really good. Mm. It was enjoyable to listen to both Jess and Ash and see how they're going in their career. And they're both really invested in what they're doing at the moment. You know, mm. Jesse with the Suns and the Lynx and... Yep. You know, Asha's interview was really good. She was really happy with herself in life and <laughs> yeah. she was really bubbly. It was a great, great interview. And she's she's trying to win the, the West Coast Classic, Absolutely. as she men- mentioned, yeah. with the Lightning. And, you know, and WNBL is still an option. Yeah, it was an interesting conversation about that because we wanted to talk to her about if she still wanted to be playing WNBL, we wanted to find out the reason why she hadn't been signed yet. And it turns out that she would like to be signed. So yeah. if anyone's listening... Please add it to your roster for this upcoming season because she she right now is somebody that deserves to be in the WNBL just like Jesse Edwards is and just like I think we both agree Stacey Barr should be too. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, Stacey's putting her hand up and saying, "Look at me, look mm, at me." Absolutely, <laughs> she absolutely is. Those numbers speak for themselves. So, whatever reason she hasn't been signed, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea why you wouldn't like to add her punch to your WNBL roster, even if it is the. I know the Perth Lynx right now is stacked with guards, but. Gee, if you could have someone with Stacey's scoring power or Ash's versatility to add to that group, then Ryan Patrick might want to consider it. Yeah, well, it's a good question. We can ask Stacey and mm. talk to her about that. And, you know, there might even be other clubs around Australia sure. having a look as well. So it'd be a, it'd be a good question to throw at her as well. Yeah, so plenty to look forward to on, on this week's show. And, and like you said, really enjoyed speaking to Jesse Edwards and Ash Eisenbarger. Last week, they were they were both very generous with their time and, and both went on to have massive weekends as well. So at least we're not jinxing, jinxing these players when we're talking to them. No, they're both in the hunt with their teams and, you know, got a really important weekend coming up this weekend. Yeah, they do, both in the finals mix. And both of them will be in the mix for our Wandering Distillery Play of the Week award, Randy. And it's it's impossible to think that Stacey Barb won't get the three votes this week, Randy. If we have a look at her two games, it was a big win, come from behind win for the Senators on Friday night for Barr and the Senators. And she had 26 points, eight rebounds and seven assists. And I was at the game. She had 14 points in the first six minutes of the game. She was on fire early and I thought she was on track to do what she did the next night, but she saved it up. <laughs> she saved it up for the Eastern Suns and she delivered 49 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and she went 12 of 20 from three-point range. So we've talked about how how Paris Duffield went seven of 17 and and I think it was who went eight of who was Alicia seven? Knowles had eight. Alicia Knowles from the Suns as well went eight of 14. Yep. Last weekend, but now 12 of 20 from Stacey Barber yeah, trumps that. She's raised the bar, and it's interesting. She's done it against a couple of old clubs there that yeah. she used to play to play with there. So so it's impossible to say she's not the standout performer of this week, but let's, let me run through some of the others from round seven in the West Coast Classic, Randy, and we can we can debate our votes because that race for the, the Player of the Year award, thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty, is really heating up. In that same game on Friday night, Desiree Kelly... She had a monster first half, another favourite of ours here at SBL Shootaround. She had a monster first half. I think she had 18 points at, at half time. She finished up with 22 points, seven rebounds, three steals, and she also shot the ball well, four of eight from three-point range. Hayley D'Souza for the Coburn Cougars. We saw her play a couple of weeks back and were impressed with what we saw, and she continued her good form. 18 points and, and three of five three-point shooting in the win over the Southwest Slammers. Erin Fisher. 
she continues to put up double-double almost game after game now. She's putting up some, some good numbers, 15 points <coughs> and 14 rebounds for the East Perth Eagles. And now one of our guests from last week, Ash Eisenberger, had a huge... A huge double for the Lakeside Lightning. First up, 20 points and 14 rebounds on on Friday night. And then she backed up against Mandra on Saturday with another 20 points and 9 rebounds. So anytime you have a weekend of 40 points and 23 rebounds, um, you've got to be pretty happy with that. Paris Duffield, she's becoming an important player with the Flames, especially this weekend where Taya Burrows was out out injured, still suffering the effects of, of her head knock from, from last week. She had had two good games. There was a loss, though, on Saturday. She had 14 points and five steals. No, sorry, a win on, on Saturday. She had 14 points and five steals. And then a loss to Calamunda on Sunday where she had 17 points, six rebounds and four steals. A couple of big performances from the Perth the Perth Redbacks in that loss to Rockingham on Saturday night. So Jess Jenkins and Maddie Allen combined, they had 33 points, 29 rebounds, um, six steals, and and they did all they could, but they lost the game, Randy, which we'll talk about a little bit a little bit later. Jesse Edwards, two good games as well, backing up from joining us on SBL Shootaround. First up, uh, well, that that loss to to the Senators, where Stacey Barr went nuts. She had 17 points and 10 rebounds, and then in the win against Rockingham, she had. 13 points, 12 rebounds, 4 steals, 2 assists. And last up, yet another of our favourites here at SBL Shootaround, Amber Land from the Joondalup Wolves, had 19 points and 7, seven rebounds. Aside from Stacey, Randy, who stands out to you? Uh, yeah, I just want to uh, shout out to a young girl from the Eagles as well. Her name is Hannah Rose Gillies, and yeah. she had 21 points mm-hmm. uh, in the game against the Wolves, and that's really good to see for the Eagles, Excellent. you know, seeing those sort of players come through, and uh, well done to her and well done for the for the Eagles. So she was 5-9 and nine from the three points. Um, once again, Chelsea Belcher's had a, a ripper off the, the bench, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, Nixie just must love the fact that he can bring Chelsea on. And, and she fires away, you know, she's sort of instant offence there. So um, those two players we didn't mention, I think they had really good games. But sure. yeah, obviously Stacey gets the three votes, but uh, we need to debate who's going to get the two and one because that leaderboard in the player of the year is um, pretty tight. Now it is. Now it's a, we, we decided that you can only win our Wandering the Silly Play of the Week award once just because we can't have the same player racking up all of our vouchers thanks to the good people at Wandering Distillery. So Stacey will get the three votes, but she won't win the Player of the Week award because she already got her voucher, and hopefully if she hasn't used it yet, she gets good use out of it shortly to, to use at the shoe bar that, that she received back in, in round one. So the person who gets our two votes will become our Player of the Week yep. by default mm-hmm. on this week's show, Randy. Now, it's not favouritism because she was on our show last week, but I think... Ash Eisenberger's performances are the two that stand out there. Like I said, combined 40 points, 23 rebounds across two games. It's pretty pretty hard to ignore. Can you make a case for anybody else? No, I think she deserves to get the two votes. Um, she's been consistent the whole, the whole year, and yeah. it's an important weekend for her the lightning just to maintain themselves in that top yeah. you know three or four so and she's carried a team through with two really good wins and they've got uh, two really tough games coming up this weekend against the wolves and the senators so they could decide if they play finals or not this weekend coming up yeah, yeah. so yeah i think ash gets the the two votes well the wandering <laughs> distillery player of the week yeah, but uh, yep yeah, i agree um now the one vote i think we've got plenty of genuine candidates randy so i'll Narrow it down to a couple. I think 
I think one of Jess Jenkins or Madiella deserved to be in the mix. Um, it's tough to know which one because Jess had the 21 points, but Maddie had the 20 rebounds. So I don't know which one you put greater significance on. Um, so, but I think one of them deserves to be right in the in the mix at least. I'll, I'll suggest probably Jess Jenkins for the extra points. I think Jesse Edwards for two strong performances deserves to be considered, and I think Amber Land probably deserves to be considered. Paris Duffield can't be ignored either. I'm I'm at a loss, Randy. I'm going to need some help. Yeah, it's tough. I'm actually um, leaning towards Paris Duffield and Amber Land. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know Amber's put those numbers up without Kayla Steindl there yep. as well. So you know she battled hard to get 19.7 rebounds. I think. The, the minutes that the Wolves girls are playing too, they're not they're not getting over mm. sort of 30s or your 35 yeah. minutes. So sure. they, the girls are doing it, you know, in the 25, 30 minute um, time frame. But Paris Duffield, you know, she carried that team all weekend without yeah. without a running mate in yeah. Taya Burrows, and you know that was a pretty important win they got there on uh, Friday night against the Redbacks, which has basically ended their season. I, I think. Yeah, they needed to make sure they got one of those two games this weekend when they played the Redbacks and they played the Suns. They didn't quite get the win against the Suns, but they got that win against the Redbacks, which I think had a double effect of almost locked the, the Flames in for finals, but mm. it definitely ended the Redbacks' hopes too. Yeah, so I'm going to go for Paris Duffield for, for the one vote. So um, no, what, a, what do you think? No, you made a good case for Amber, um, but I think you made a better case for Paris. So I'll, I'll agree. So that means we've got Stacey Barr from the Warwick Senators with the three votes, and then we've got two votes, Ash Eisenbarger from the Lakeside Lightning, and she doubles as the Wandering Distillery Player of the Week. And Wandering Distillery are great supporters of ours, Randy. What can you tell us about them and and how appreciative we are of of their support here on SBL Shootaround? Yeah, well, they're just a, a small, you know, distillery trying to you know make a name for himself, mm. and uh, we just, just like we are. Yeah, <laughs> we're here to help them, and you know, the best way to to um, sample their their gins and vodkas is get down there and uh, speak to Wade and let him know that. Uh, you listen to SBL Shootaround and, you know, promote us and as well as promoting them. Absolutely. Please do. So thanks to Wandering Distillery for that. And well done to Ash Eisenberger. She'll be getting her, her voucher out in the mail shortly. And also the one vote, Paris Duffield. I think she's been knocking on the door to, to get a vote pretty much every week so far in the West Coast Classic. So I think it's it's good reward for the effort she's been putting in. This is this has been a standout season for her with the Flames and yeah, I think I think that's a, a pretty handy three, two and one. Yep, and it tightens up that leaderboard considerably. So we'll have a look at that. Uh, well, let's take a look at that now, Randy. Thanks to sure. Bassett Scarf Realty, we, we are putting together our Player of the Year Award in the West Coast Classic. Now, all of a sudden, thanks to those three votes, Stacey Barr moves into the lead on six six votes. But she's now joined by Ash Eisenberger on six as well. So with two rounds to go and with both of those teams needing to keep winning to play finals, there's there's plenty on the line. But also Taya Burrows isn't far behind. She's on five. Let's hope that it was just a one week that she needed to sit out with her. I don't want to say it without knowing, but I assume it was because she had a bit of a concussion from the week before. Yeah. So let's hope she can come back this weekend and, and put her put herself back in the running for this Player of the Year award. And, and we've still got Maddie Allen from the Redbacks on four, Jess Jenkins from the Redbacks on on four, and they've only got one game to go. But if one of them can get three votes in that final game, they can still still take out this this award. And then even Brie Fisher from the East Perth Eagles is on three, Nat Burden from the Hawks is on three, and Christina Bogue from the Flames is on three. So they're all well and truly in the mix if 
Joel Williams or Jesse Edwards from the Suns can have a couple more big games. They can put themselves into the mix as well. So that's a pretty handy leaderboard, Randy. But if you have a look at the t- the players on top, with with Eisenbarger and, and Stacey Barrow on six votes and Taylor Burrows on five, I think, to me, they have been the three standout players of this West Coast West Coast Classic so far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's, uh, you know, at this stage it looks like it's going to be one of those girls. Um, you know, we've still got, uh, like you mentioned, that Burton and Bree Fisher and a couple of those girls down mm. a little bit lower. You know, Jill Williams and Jesse Edwards are in good form. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they could get a couple of votes come moving forward. So it's, mm. it's still tight. Like you said, uh, some of the teams have only got one left, but then some of them have got, you know, Three, three, some three. have got three, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yep, interesting and a, a really good award too. It's a great well, award. Well, thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty, Randy. You were you were our link to, to touch base with, with Adam there and obviously his daughter plays at the Mandra Magic right now and he's been a great supporter of, of the Mandra Magic over the years and and the best in the business in terms of real estate in the in the Mandra region, Randy. I'm sure any time it's time for you to do some real estate business. They're the ones that you go to. Yeah, no, he's a good supporter of, you know, sport in Mandurah, and it was good that he could come on board and, uh, you know, give us a leg up as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on the Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year Award now over the next two weeks. And once again, well done to Ash Eisenberger for winning Player of the Week Award thanks to Wandering Distillery. And now when we come back, Randy, we'll have a look in more detail at the results from Round 7 in the West Coast Classic. Okay, back on SBL Shootaround, and let's go to Friday night's action in round seven of the West Coast Classic. And first up, Wilton Basketball Stadium. I was at this game. It was a really entertaining game. It was an exciting opening quarter, and I think I think in the first quarter alone, Desiree Kelly and Stacey Barr had, had more than 30 points between them. They had almost 40 points between them by halftime, but in the end, it was the depth of the Warwick Senators that was, was too much. And they got the job done, and they beat the Tigers eighty-seven to seventy-six. Randy, yeah, this was my rough pick for oh. you know our our tipping uh-huh. for me to try and uh, catch up. You know, I just thought the Tigers might have wanted to take a big scalp, which mm. I'm sure they did. I mean, it was even up until what three quarter time, and you know, you look at the stats, and it was really even across the board. So, you know, another great spread of points by the Sterling girls. You know, Clark had seventeen, mm-hmm. Clinch Hoycard fourteen. Another double double for Hepburn, yep. you know, fifteen points, ten rebounds. But it, you know, Stacey Barr was a, the difference, mm-hmm. and it was good to see Des Kelly have a have a good game, and she was supported well by Haley Winter. Yeah, Haley Winter's been fantastic all all season. She's a she's a real point guard for the Tigers to I think persist with moving forward. Absolutely, yeah. She's a she's um, deadly from outside too. Yeah. When she gets rolling, she can knock them in. Interesting for the Tigers as well. Simon Parker wasn't coaching. Peter Cook took over the reins for the for the night. I assume it was just a, a one off thing, but nice to see a long time servant like 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 Peter get a chance to to coach a team with at the, at this level. Yeah, absolutely. Now also up at Mirror Booker, big game for the Lakeside Lightning. They just can't afford to drop games if they want to play finals and as we talked about Ash Eisenbarger wasn't going to let that happen. They beat the East Perth Eagles 75 to 48. Yeah, they come out of the blocks here the Lightning. They put their foot down right from the word go and they outscored the Eagles 26 to 6 mm. in the first quarter which basically set the tone, you know, and that that's 20 point to Gap was there for the whole game, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for the Eagles. But, uh, yeah, Eisenbarger was good, and Jacobs was really good with 16 points off the bench. And uh, Aaron Fisher, once again, you know, solid mm-hmm. with a double-double. Yeah. So she's having a really good yeah, West is. Coast Classic. 
Now, lastly on Friday night at Wally Hagen Stadium, um, similar story for the Slammers. I guess they just didn't have enough, didn't have enough bodies to make this competitive. The Cougars seventy six to the Slammers thirty eight. Yeah, fairly even game for the first half. You know, the Slammers they, they just struggled to score. They struggled to score in the second half. Yeah. They just can't maintain their intensity. They only similar scored. story. They just don't get enough shots either, do they? No, yeah. no, no. They only got twelve points in the second half, but. Yeah. On a positive, I thought for for the Slammers, just looking through the stats, was the the improvement in their rebounding. You know, mm-hmm. they really got smashed last weekend, yeah. and and they've obviously worked on a little bit, and you know that that was good to see. But for the Cougars, the Caesar was good. Mm-hmm. You know, she shot at a really good percentage, and you know, overall the Cougars had a really good spread of points. And Bumbury, you know, good to see veteran Bianca Donovan come out and um, yeah. you know help those younger girls out with twelve points. Yeah, it'd be tough to play on a team like that right now as an experienced player like she is, but, yeah, she continues to, to fight hard game after game. Saturday night, this game was a massive one. The Perth Redbacks had to win in Rockingham to keep their finals hopes alive, but the Flames had to keep winning as well to stay in the top four themselves. As we talked about, no Taya Burrows, which certainly evened things up significantly, but the Flames still got the job done in a tight one, 64-60. to 60. Yeah, the Redbacks gave themselves every chance, mm-hmm. you know, as far as on the rebounding count. But yep. what let them down is they just turned the ball over 29 times. Wow. Um, they shot the three-point um, shots at 13%, which mm. has basically hurt them for the game in a, in a tight contest, you know. So Flames are outstanding in the absence of Taya Burrows. And, um, we've spoken about that hit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Duffield 14, Bogue 11, Heatherington 10 and... You know, Redbacks were led by their stars in Allen and, and Jenkins. Well, that is the difference, isn't it? Their front court was fantastic, as we talked about before. You know, 33 points, 29 rebounds between Jenkins and Allen, but the back court just didn't get the job done. No, and that's what I mean. The turnovers and the three-point yeah. percentage have cost them dearly. <laughs> this is a, a surprising result in terms of the margin. I I don't think we should be surprised to see the Warwick Senators win this game, but... The margin over the Calamundra Eastern Suns was surprising and it's all down to the fact that Stacey Barr put up the 49 points that she did. So the Senators, 110 over the Eastern Suns, 69. Yeah, it was a shock result. Mm. You know, I, you know, when I mean that, I mean just the margin, the margin yeah, just yeah. incredible, you know. And uh, take your hats off to the Senators, you know, they had a wonderful weekend. It yeah. set them up for, you know, a top two finish. Sure. And uh, we've spoken about Stacey's input in that game, but, you know, the other girls were, were really good too, you know. I think there was all the starters were in double figures for them. Uh, for the Suns, Jesse Edwards, she battled hard with 17 points and 10 rebounds and young Deanna Sivic had 14 points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a tough loss for the Suns, but as we'll see, they did bounce back well the next day. Lakeside Lightning, this was a game you were at, Randy, so you can tell me a bit about it. Lakeside Lightning beat the Mandurah Magic 65-53. to 53. Yeah, I sort of said to you that it would be a close game. They always do have yep. a close game. There was only a couple of points in it at three-quarter time. Mandurah just couldn't contain Ironmonger and Grant. They were mm-hmm. you know, offensively sealing the smaller uh, Mandurah girls, and so they went into a 1-2-2 zone, which worked you know, halfway through the third quarter mm-hmm. and for the majority of the last quarter, but eventually um, it broke down and the Lightning got some three-point shots away and got that little buffer. So, yeah, it was a, a good good improved effort by Amanda and a very important win for Lakeside. Yeah, it, it was. Um, now, last up on Saturday night, a junior lot Wolves at home to the East Perth Eagles. 
they got the job done to stay stay on top of the ladder, as it turns out, 74 to 51. Yeah, the Eagles um, done a good job here, you know, as far as the boards yeah. go. You know, they, they, they held it pretty square, but the Wolves just dominated the paint in this, you know, scoring 34 to 6 inside the paint, you know, which was in the end result. You know, that's that's where the damage was done. Uh, we spoke about Amber Land with 19 points and Chelsea Belcher, you know, continues to, continues to impress. And uh, also mentioned young Hannah Rose Gillies mm. earlier for the Eagles, which was, uh, you know, really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Now, on Sunday, it's always an interesting trip out to, to Kalamunda. Whenever you, you make it, Randy, this day was, was no different. We saw a couple of ejections from the crowd in the men's game later in the, after, in the afternoon, but it was a really entertaining women's game, and it was really only only in the fourth quarter that the Suns pulled away, and, and it was pretty understandable why when you consider the Flames were still without Taylor Burrows. During the third quarter, Ariana Hetherington went down with an ankle injury and she was helped off the floor and didn't come back. And then with three or four minutes to go, Christina Bogue, who was who was doing everything almost for the Flames during the game, she fouled out. So so from there the Suns got the job done, but they still played well themselves. So I don't want to take credit away from them. It was a it was a good game and an important win for the Suns. So both of these teams are now still well and truly in the finals mix. The Suns got the got the win, sixty nine to fifty eight. Yeah, great response from the Suns. You know, after a, obviously a horror night the previous night, yeah. and um, you know, full credit to the coaching staff of Tom Knowles and Peter Hatch in turning it around. You know, because there would have been a little bit of finger pointing going sure. on. No one likes to be beaten that way. I think Rockingham might have dried up a little bit from the three point line yeah. in this game. You know, it's held them in good stead. All West Coast Classic, but they only shot at fifteen percent, where they've been around the thirties and forties. So, and the Suns overran ran them in the last quarter, yeah. you know, seventeen points to six. So, Williams had sixteen. Jesse Edwards another double double. Paige Harris continues yeah. to, you know, um, shine. She's had a couple of really good weekends, and the captain, you know, Re- Rebecca Matroni, mm. you know, she led from the front there and had. Uh, 15 points and 8 rebounds, an important 5 of 8 from the 3 yeah. points. And, yeah, she was uh, fantastic. You know, our, our one-point vote-getter, Paris Duffel, she, she, she battled really hard all weekend and, you know, contributed 17 points in that game. Yeah, she did. She, she never gave up, so great performance from her. Now, what it means is that we're left with a fascinating run to work out who, who reaches the top four with two weeks to go, Randy. I think we're down to a battle between six teams, so... Let's get rid of the ones out of contention first. I think because of their loss, the Perth Redbacks, and they've only got one game to go. So they're six and four, and I don't think they can make it from from here given they've already got two more losses than the teams inside the top four. Yep. And below them, you've got the Wilder Tigers, three and six, Coburn Cougars, two and six, Mandarin Magic, two and six, the Eastworth Eagles, one and nine, and the Southwest Slammers, zero and ten. But they can all still be nuisance value moving forward. But let's have a look to the... To the race for the top four. So we've got the Junelot Wolves on top, seven and one. The Warwick Senators, seven and one. Rockingham Flames, seven and two. The Lakeside Lightning are six and two. And then just outside the top four, Calamander Eastern Suns, six and three. The Perry Lakes Hawks, six and three. So I would suggest the Suns and Hawks can't afford to lose another game if they want to make it. And they need some things to go their way. The Wolves and Senators, I think, are pretty much locked away. But it's going to be a fascinating final two weeks. Yeah, and we look at the Friday night matchup first up. It's the Hawks and the Suns. So it's a, it's a knockout, knockout game, yep. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Are we going to start tipping? Or we we'll save that until after the break, Randy. But oh, gee, it's fascinating to have a basically the final start early for those two teams now, don't they? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great matchup. 
If you had to pick one of those top six right now, who you think is a standout? Who, who have you been most impressed with? Oh, I don't think you can go past the Wolves. You yeah. know, they had a hiccup a couple of weeks ago. but Last um, week in Rockingham, yeah. Yeah, so that was a bit of a hiccup there. But they, they stand out to me. And I think, you know, the Senators are in, in form as well. Uh, I think, yeah, I, if I was going to pick a top four right now, I think I, depending on what happens with Taya Burrows, yep. whether she comes back and plays the last couple of games, I would probably go Wolves, Senators, Lightning and the Hawks. Okay. I can see the Hawks going through and going eight and three, which might just sneak that uh, fourth spot. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about the Lightning this weekend because they have two two massive games, which will decide their their fate moving into that last round. Basically, they play they play first up on Friday against the Wolves up at Joondalup, and then they host the Senators on on Saturday. So we'll we'll know if the Lightning can make it or not after Saturday night. Yeah, and I, I did mention Taya Burrows, but you did say Ariana Hetherington's done her ankle. She hurt her ankle, so I'd be surprised if she could get up yeah. within a week from that. It'll, yeah, it'll let, look pretty nasty. Let's hope they both get up you yeah, know, and uh, can get through, but that that's um, two fairly big outs for the Wonder Flames. Darcy has to... Has to suit up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure Keegan would be uh, trying to get her on the floor. Yeah, although she hasn't trained at all, as, as he told us. So it's interesting. If anyone could probably come out, come out and play well without training, I, I assume it would be her, though. Yeah, I'm sure she's doing some stuff off, off away yeah. from the games. Yeah, um, she's she's got to get herself ready to go for for the links. So I'm sure she's in in game shape. But yeah, either way. What we've got is two more two more weeks in the West Coast Classic that are, are really exciting. But before we get to our tips for the upcoming round, Randy, and wrap up the show, we've got to get to our guest for this week, and it's the reigning SBL MVP, fresh off a 75-point weekend. We'll speak to Stacey Barr after this. Okay, welcome back to SBL Shootaround, and... And this is the start of a, a big finish to the show for us this year, Randy. And and we couldn't have this show without the the person who we both agree is the best player in the in the West Coast Classic or the SBL right now. She's the reigning MVP, and and our timing couldn't be more better. She's coming off a seventy five point point weekend. Stacey, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Now, like I said, our timing couldn't be better. I saw you play on Friday night, and I think you had 14 points in the first six minutes, and I thought you might have been going for, for 50 on that night, but it turns out you saved you saved something special for the next night. What's the feeling like when you're, when you're playing a game where you end up scoring, scoring 49 points? Oh, I spoke this morning with um, another a radio station. They asked the same thing, and mm. it's, it's really hard for people to understand it, I guess, but it's like nothing. Yeah. Silly as it might sound, but like, yeah, I think you're just so in the moment, and obviously it's it's fun once it gets going. And you know, our game on Saturday wasn't as close as it might have, um, you know, that it could have been. So yep. I think like then it was a bit more fun. But in those close games when you are scoring at a a clip, it's um, yeah, kind of nothing. It's just you're so focused <laughs> on the game. Nothing's really nothing's really going through my mind. Stacey, it's Randy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Good, thank you. I didn't have a look at the play-by-play, but I'm just going to ask you, how long were you stuck on 49? Did you have a few goes at 50, or were you sort of stranded on 49 for a period? No, yeah, I think I had a minute or a minute and a half shots, but, yeah, missed them uh, after they told me that I was on 49 and to try and hurry up and get to 50. Um, yeah, I missed a couple after that, so... Yeah, well, you've had a couple of 50-point games previously. I brought up... Um, it's, uh, you had a 52 against Lightning going back a, a while ago, and you, do you still also hold the big V record there? I sort of read that you had 55 in a game. 
and going back a few years? Yeah, I had 55 before I left for college. I'm not sure if it's been broken, but it's been a long time, so it wouldn't have been like a 10 years since then. But, yeah, um, yeah I'm not sure yeah. if it's been broken or not. Good effort. <laughs> from, from when you started playing basketball when you were younger, did it just come naturally that you were a great shooter and scorer? Is that is that just did it come naturally? Did you have to learn it, or or did you just go out there and you did you just have that mindset that every time you play a basketball game you you want to score more points than than anybody else? Uh, yeah, I think it was a lot of you know hard work when I was younger and working with my coaches and. Mm-hmm putting in that extra time with my shot. Um, it did get changed a couple of times throughout my career early on when I was mm. younger and for any shooters out there, they know that it's quite frustrating when a coach tries to change a shot. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I got to under 14s or 16s and just stuck with one and then kind of didn't really listen to anyone that tried to change my shot after that. But yeah, definitely a lot of hard work and that mindset that the next one's going to go in and I don't know, shooters are going to shoot and all those cliche sayings. Mm-hmm. But um, no, yeah, I'm not sure... Much of that goes through my head when I'm playing, but um, yeah, I like the score, and um, <laughs> I guess I'm I'm doing okay at it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you feel like you're at the top of your game right now, coming off winning the MVP of the SBL last year, and and I would be amazed if you're not leading the MVP voting if there is such a thing for the West Coast Classic this year. I know that um, as you know, we're doing our our own Player of the Year here on SBR Shootaround, and and you're you're leading leading the voting for that as well now after last weekend. Have you ever played better than you have the last, I guess, eighteen months? Even though you had a big break in between, thanks to thanks to COVID. Uh, yeah, the break definitely put a bit of a spanner in the works. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was yeah, kind of hard to come back from that, but. I guess the break was nice. A forced break is, is probably the longest I've gone without basketball. So, yeah, maybe that, maybe reset things. But, uh, yeah, I think the last 18 months has been good for me, performance-wise. I guess my college career as well was pretty successful and mm-hmm. I was pretty um, consistent there. So a, a bit of a different game and a different role. But, yeah, I think I've been playing pretty well. And especially here, my time in Perth, yeah, being my third season is probably definitely better than my, my first one, first mm-hmm. couple. Yeah, Stacey, just getting back onto your, your scoring and shooting, how much time do you put into basketball away from team practices a week and sort of how many shots would you get up a day or a week, do you think? Uh, if I'm being completely honest, yeah, since COVID and just the start of this year, I started a full-time job and I'm full-time studying, so I actually don't do as much as I used to or I would like to. So, yeah, right at the moment I'm doing uh, one training a week and I do some gym sessions and um, some yeah. running outside of that. But in terms of actual basketball and getting shots up, yeah, it's not. It's very minimal um, this year just because of workload. Um, but, yeah, previously obviously tried to get in there most days and shoot. And um, I guess my yeah, college career, you're in there every day anyway. You don't have a choice. But, yeah, this year... Yeah, there's been a lot less than what I'm used to. We've talked a lot on this show about how we're amazed that you're not on a WNBL roster roster somewhere. Obviously, yeah, you did have a bit of time at the at the Perth Lynx, but you never got a much of a look in in terms of getting game time, even even in that in that season. Um, now, that given what you've just said, you've started a full time job and you're studying full time. Does that mean? You've kind of accepted that you might not be pl- getting a chance in the WNBL because if that's the case, it's a real shame. Because if you if you put yourself on a roster right now, I have no doubt you would you would more than hold your own. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess it was something that I aspired to after my college career, and fortunately did get a contract with the Lynx, and then um, 
and yeah, it didn't go as planned. And obviously, I was sitting behind some high quality players, mm. you know, Australian players and Sammy Wickham, and um, yeah, so not so much I didn't get a chance, but um, didn't get to fully, I guess, experience that. I went away to Melbourne in 2017, I think it was 18, and yep. uh, tried to play their NBL one over there and kind of see where that took me. And that's when I ended up going to Europe. So I didn't really connect with the WNBL team after that. Now, yeah, I'm just kind of ready for the next phase of my life and I'm enjoying, yeah, SBL and think that'll that'll be potentially it for me. And I'm okay. just focusing on a, on a new career and, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about Europe, um, basically, because you're with uh, Get A Play Agency. I've got a bit of a... Um, been with a few times with uh, both getting Nikki Nikki Gilday and Peyton Davis out here with Gunther and Siggy Muthi are still on their books and if something did pop up would that would that still be an option in Europe? Um, I don't think so. I yeah finished up with them after my uh, season in Europe and yeah. um, just with the study it's two years so I've got to be in Perth um, just about almost a year yeah. done so we'll still have a near, another year after that so I'll definitely be in Perth for next year and studying potentially after that but I mean I'll be pushing almost 30 by then so um, I think mm. it'll just depend on my life at the at that point and if basketball is something I want to aspire to again at a higher level or if I'm happy with where I'm at and sticking to the teaching career. Yeah that was the next question what are you actually studying and what's a sort of typical day for you Daisy? Uh, so I'm a high school teacher. I'm doing a program called Teacher Australia and it's where they place uh, you in a low socioeconomic school. So I'm a high school PE teacher at the moment and studying a Master's of Teaching online full time. So typical day is, yeah, just the normal kind of nine till four at school or eight till four at school and then, um, yeah, studying, kind of fitting in here and there when I can and doing assignments on the side of um, any marking I have or planning I have for for the week and then try to get to the gym a couple of times a week and now um, we're just uh, training once a week so just fitting yeah. all that in at the moment. That sounds good. Sounds hectic at the, at the same time. Um, you, you had a crack at playing footy for a little bit there as well, Stacey, and you were juggling playing both sports there and you you got to spend a couple of years at, at the Dockers as well. Do you feel like the footy side of it is behind you now as well or will you give that another crack at, at some stage? I'm uh, definitely missing it. Um, you know, seeing seeing the girls play is good fun. But um, yeah, it's been a couple of years now, so I'm not sure that my body's really in shape for footy at the moment. It'd take a lot of hard work, and it'd be something that I would have to think about hard. But um, no, I don't think I'll be going back to footy at the moment. Do you do you like when you play footy? Do you rack up possessions like you score points in basketball, or what sort of player were you? Yeah, not quite. It's a completely different sport. Um, yeah, I yeah, just being new to the game of football, and I only played the the two seasons with Frio, and um, I played a season before that with Swan District, so it was all very new to me and kind of learning everything. I guess I yeah probably didn't touch the ball as as much as basketball, but being the different sport that um, is understandable. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've touched on your college career and. And you had one of the all-time great careers at the University of, of Idaho. You know, a couple of couple of times you were you were your player of the the Western Athletic Conference, and you know you won a couple of championships, and you ended up being the all-time leader at the school in three-point shots that you made over over your career. Um, how fond are your memories of the time that you spent there? Yeah, 
it was an amazing experience. Obviously, four years is a long time to be away from your family mm. and everything that you know, but you almost build a new family over there. And not only did my basketball grow, but I definitely grew as an individual as well. And yeah, the college life is something that is, it's kind of hard to explain. It's almost everybody's got to kind of experience it for themselves. And mm. But yeah, amazing experience and winning the two championships was really cool and all the experiences that came along with that. Playing basketball every day, you know, you do get to a point where after four years of doing it every day, you are kind of maybe sick of it a little bit, but mm-hmm. looking back on it, yeah, hell of an experience. Yeah, I could, I could imagine. And then, like you said, you spend the four years away from home, but then you almost come, come to Perth straight away. You did spend the one year back in Melbourne, but does Perth now feel like home or do you eventually see yourself going back, back to Melbourne? My mum's not listening, um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I do love Perth and I did try to go back to Melbourne for, for that year, but yeah, I just found myself wanting to be back here in Perth, so okay. I just yeah, love, love the beach and being kind of close to everything, with, as in like the city and stuff, and compared to Melbourne, it's not as busy, and yeah, I love it here in Perth and I've made some really good friends here, um, so yeah, I think Perth is going to be home for me. No, that's good news for us. What about the Warwick Senators? Does that now feel like, do you feel like you've found the club that you want to want to be with for for, for long term in, in terms of the SBL? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been fantastic at Warwick and all the support from the club um, has been really good. Obviously, tough times this year and, you know, losing people and having sent imports home and those sorts mm. of things. Um, so hopefully, yeah, sticking by them in this kind of climate they stick by me sort of thing and um i'm sure they will and yeah really enjoyed it it's kind of family vibe and you know seeing the younger kids down at the games and we get really good crowds and all the young kids are involved whether they're like floor cleaning or um doing the welcome to country before the game Mm -hmm. so it's awesome to see how involved everyone is and it's a real community feel so yeah i hope that that warwick is kind of home for me for the rest of my sbl journey Mm. yeah um looking forward stage there are quite a few uh, teachers who become coaches are sort of hand in hand. I, I guess is coaching something that interests you down the track, or are you actually doing any sort of coaching at the moment with juniors? Uh, no coaching with the juniors. Doing some school basketball stuff with the teaching, but I'm not sure. It's not really something that I've I've put much thought into because I've I guess I've been so engrossed with playing and haven't really looked past playing. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Potentially, potentially one day down the track. What about with this team you've got right now? Do you find yourself doing some coaching naturally just because your team is, is so young? You have a look at, you know, girls like Jada Clark and Chloe Forster and, and, and Mackenzie clinch Hoycard. They're all so young but playing so many minutes right now. Do you feel like you're almost doing some coaching and leading naturally anyway? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, especially with those younger girls. And I remember being, uh, I don't think I was as young as them, but, you know, being mm. 16 and being on a women's team and, um just having those older players and having them support you and um, give you constructive feedback. So I definitely find myself naturally doing that with them and um, I I hope that they find some benefit in it. Yeah. And then at the opposite end, what's it like still having such an experienced point guard like Nicole, Geordie, St. Jorda to be setting you up up for your shots for? Yeah, we're lucky, lucky we have Nick. Um, mm. He averages out our team age for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, she's amazing. And, um, yeah, obviously 
huge experience. So having her on the court really helps and having her lead us really makes a big difference. And I think if we didn't have her, we, you know, we wouldn't have that um, settled feeling on the court. And when we're trying to go through plays or we're in huddles and, um, yeah, she just always kind of knows what to say. And having that experience is really useful, especially with such a young group. Mm. Hey, Chris, can you, can you just say her name again? Because I know <laughs> you're so different every time. Have another go. I'm, I'm happy with the way I said it that time. Because Jody Sante taught us how to say it, say it properly, and I think I got it close enough, Randy. So for now, I'll I'll leave it at, at that. At that, um, th- thanks for that, Randy. Your, of course, your pronunciations are always spot on too. So so thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> what about Dion Stacy? Um, he was our very first guest here on SBR Shooter Round, so he's a he's a favourite of our show. How have you found him as coach the last last eighteen months or so? Yeah, Dion's been great. I think uh, very approachable and um, knowledgeable about the game. And, you know, we've had plenty of conversations after games about, you know, what I could have done differently or what he could have done differently and kind of just going away and putting that into place. So having a coach that, that is approachable has been really good. And, you know, same with Marcus, our assistant mm. coach. And, yeah, they've been great to work with. Stacey, what's uh, something that not many people know about you and something that you like? Have you got any hobbies or anything like that? Ooh, just put me on the spot there. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have any any hobbies. I love the beach. The beach is probably, yep. yeah, one of my favourite things and obviously a huge reason as to why I want to stay in Perth because they're beautiful here. Well, do you, do you stay on the sand or do you get in the water? In the water, yeah. Yep. Good. Maybe not at the moment. I don't think I've been for a swim since July, but um, <laughs> hopefully hopefully soon. It looks like there's some warm weather coming up yep. this week, weekend. What about going back to going back to the Senators? You lost the grand final last year, but you had such a such a great season as a club, and then you have a long wait to play in this West Coast Classic, and I, I guess it was just great to be back playing basketball. But now all of a sudden you're two weeks away from playing finals. It looks like you'll play finals. How determined is everyone... At, at the centres to try to, to now, I guess, come away with a, with a championship in this competition? Yeah, it was such a long wait between, I guess, mm. that grand final and then playing round one. It was almost a year. So, um, yeah, I think everyone's pretty excited about finals and it all being jam-packed into one weekend. I think yeah. it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be pretty hectic. But, um, I mean, a lot of the girls weren't with us last year or weren't playing as big a roles as they are now playing. So it's a little bit... Uh, different for them, I guess, and for us. But I think if we're playing the way we've been playing, um, and we can finish off these last two two weekends of games going into finals with some wins, I think yeah, we'll be a good shot. Yeah, we caught the. I was just going to say, Stacey, we caught the game at Coburn where you had a, a a huge comeback, and then you probably had one with the Redbacks as well. And I think even last week you sort of ran over the top of teams. Can you put that last quarter down to anything? I guess we haven't really been a team that's done that in the past, like last year. So I think knowing that we can do that is going to be really handy coming into that finals weekend. Um, yeah. I think it's just, yeah, knuckling down and playing some good defense. I think that's where we um, collect a lot of the times. We're so focused on getting through our offenses and what's happening on the offensive side of things. And then eventually we knuckle down on defense uh, come that fourth period. And that's, I think, what makes a big difference for us. Now, at least for the SBL season, and I think you even did some training in the lead-up to the West Coast Classic with Michaela Dyer as well. Um, if you two ended up playing in the one backcourt together, was there going to be enough shots to, to go around? 
Oh, I'm sure we would have figured it out. Um, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, it was awesome having Mac around the club. And yeah, it's really, really unfortunate that she wasn't able to stick around and play f- with us. But um, mm. hopefully she comes back next season. And I think she'd, yeah, it'd be awesome to play with her and someone with that much potential. And I think we'd be able to find enough shots for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when we talked about it, we, we kind of saw you guys as being unbeatable if you that if you had you two in the backcourt you had sam roscoe still up front um you have a look at what taylor hepburn's doing potentially you had you went from having sort of the deepest team but now you've basically got you and nick and a bunch of bunch of bunch of teenagers it's pretty exciting what you have been able to pull together yeah definitely and like i said before the the young kids have really stepped up and they're playing their role and they're doing their part like you said before jada and chloe have gone from potentially sitting on the bench for a season to playing 20, 30 plus minutes. So um, they're really embracing it and they're doing an awesome job. And yeah, to their credit, hopefully it continues for the next three weeks and yeah. um, we can come along with, with some more wins. Yes, Stacey, what's um, your sort of preferred position that you play? I've seen you play basically three different positions at different times, being the point and uh, shooting guard, but also you've, you, know, you can take the smaller opponents down to the block as well. Where do you prefer to play? Um, I don't mind a mix of them, I guess, but I, I definitely prefer being a shooting guard. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, I guess, like, I don't mind going down into the post, especially when I do have a, a shorter uh, defender on me, but um, it's obviously not a massive part of my game, but um, or one that will happen, like, every play of every game sort of thing. So, But I do enjoy throwing that in there every now and then. Yeah, no, I, I like the look of that too. When you mix it up, you know, you carry the ball every now and then, and then, yeah, like you say, go down to the block every now and then. So, yeah, it makes it tough. Our plan, Stacey, to finish off our show this year with our last four shows was to have to have you, the best player in the league, that we, as far as we can see right now, and then also the best the best three players over the last ten years in in Alex Wagmire, Sammy Wickham, and Casey Milo. Those three girls are all all players that you've spent a lot of time matching up directly against. Can you can you talk me through what each of them was was like to to play against? Yeah, I um I guess I didn't get to play against Sammy too much apart sure. from yep. um the train the trainings every day at Lynx. But obviously, anybody that's seen Sammy play knows that she's just absolutely amazing and uh, can shoot the ball like no one I've seen. Lightning quick release and crazy work ethic. I think that was the biggest thing with Sammy. Like. Mm-hmm. training alongside her every day and, and um, even now still keeping in contact with her and just seeing what she does to, to prepare and to get where she is and she's someone that's worked extremely hard to get where, where she is today and um, definitely admire that about her. Mm. Yeah, Ali, obviously, Swags is a really tough player and somebody that kind of has it all and like you said about like going down into the post and mm-hmm. shooting the ball and... Um, being a great defender, so I think Ali, yeah, tough to play against and another person that works extremely hard and see her off the court and all the extra workouts that she puts in. Mm. Um, yeah, she's she's an amazing player as well. And Casey, I didn't have too much to do with Casey, but obviously seen her and played against her at Mandra and yep. I think anybody that you say her name to in basketball WA will know who you're talking about and um, has obviously left an amazing legacy at Mandra. Mm, absolutely. No, no, thanks for that. Just wanted to get, get your thoughts to somebody that's shared the court with them. Randy, did you ever try to get Stacey to come down to, to play with you at with you at Mandra? Was she ever on your recruiting radar? No, she wasn't. I think sort of our guard stocks were 
were okay, but uh, yeah, she would have fitted in really, really well in our side, and I think any any side in the SBL would want Stacey Barr in their side. Mm, absolutely. Now, now, Stacey, we gave you our three votes again in the Play of the Year award for this week, but you already got one of our Play of the Week awards, so unfortunately, you can't get a get a, a second one of those. But thanks to thanks to our kind sponsors, have you been able to check out the shoe bar just yet? I haven't yet. I um, yeah, just received the the voucher last week, so haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to get there yet. But uh, I'm sure I will very soon. Yeah, I'm sure you will, and and we're next week we'll announce our prize for the Play of the Year award as well. So you might be able to to add that to your books as well. And two more big weeks, and you might wrap up that award too. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just about it from me, Stacey. Randy, have you got something else you might like to finish off with? No, just continue on doing what you're doing, Stacey. It's fantastic to see what you're doing. You know, last week it's just a taste of things, I suppose. You could say you're, you're playing yourself into form at the right time of the of the competition, then good luck with it all. Great. Thank you so much, Randy. Yeah, and I guess from my point of view as well, it's just so much fun any time I go to a Senators game to, to look forward to seeing what you're going to deliver on the night. It's it's just so much fun watching somebody like you play that, that plays the game the right way but isn't afraid to actually try to dominate a game and try to put up big big numbers. It's, it's just so much fun to, to watch. And I think 55 points, at least at a state league level, is your career best so far. Have you got a number that you would like to, to get to before you finish? Would you like to crack the 60-point the barrier or what have you set yourself? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't say I've set a, set a number or a goal, but um, I think I'd be happy happy with the wins. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good answer, and I'm sure that's why every every teammate that you've had, you know, has such good things to say about you because you you might put up the numbers, but you're also a great teammate to play with as well. So keep up doing what you're doing. Good luck for the rest of the West Coast Classic with the Senators. Good luck with the teaching study. Good luck with the teaching as well that you're doing and. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you on SBL Shoot Around, and I'm sure we'll be in touch again soon. Great. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Okay, welcome back to SBL Shoot Around, and, and that was a great chat we had with Stacey Barr there, Randy, and she's somebody that lit up the SBL last year. I don't think anyone had any arguments that she was the MVP of the league last year. She's lighting up the West Coast Classic. It's hard to it's hard to argue she's not the MVP of the West Coast Classic right now as well, and it was, it was great to get the chance to, to talk to her and, and get to know a bit more about her. Yeah, she's got a great resume, hasn't she? And that, just that college career is amazing, you yeah. know, and the amount of titles she's won too, you know, mm-hmm. over in the Big V and, you know, MVPs and, yeah, it's just littered throughout her resume. Yeah, so thanks very much to Stacey for, for joining us and, and keep an eye on the next couple of weeks, Stacey, because you might end up being the player of the year thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty as well and you might get another prize coming in the mail after your 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 voucher from your Wandering Distillery Player of the Year player of the week award back in round one too so we'll keep an eye on that but aside from individual awards it's all about the teams now randy to see who we who we end up getting in the final four to play in that finals weekend and this weekend we're going to learn a lot the second last round of the of the season in the west coast classic and there's some massive matchups seven games and pretty much all of them have some sort of bearing on on the final standings and we'll start on friday night the game that we talked about before, this is an early elimination final. I can't see the loser of this game staying in finals contention. So it's at Bendat Basketball Centre, Perry Lakes Hawks against the Calamander Eastern Suns. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Perry Lakes Hawks. You know, I'm not 
disrespecting the Suns no. by any means because they've been fantastic yeah. as well. I just think they're at home, the Hawks, and um, I just think they might just have a little bit too much firepower in this. Really, really excited to watch the matchup between Nat Burton and Jesse Edwards, two WNBL bigs. Obviously, Nat has just signed at the the Sydney Uni Sydney, Sydney Uni Flames for the upcoming season. Jesse's just signed at the Perth Lynx, so this is a that's a fascinating matchup. There's some great matchups in the backcourt as, as well. It's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to forward to this. Just just because you pick Perry Lakes, though, I might pick Calamunda. So really, really looking forward to no, that. To and talk. fair enough too, you know, like they just, you know, Jill Williams could come out and have yeah, a have a blinder yeah. as well. You know, she's been playing really well, and you know, the Hawks guards are going to have a hands full trying to stop her. Yeah. The other, the other interesting factor is, Docky Black is now into the last last month of her pregnancy. Another heart stopper, and you never know what might happen. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, Good luck to Docky. I mean, she, that's that's if she's there. She might she might yeah. not be there. No, but you, you um, never know. She might have more important things to take care of. No, you, you, might, think, you might be right. I but, think so. <laughs> but either way, really looking forward to that game. That's an incredible way to start round eight this weekend. Also on Friday night, the East Perth Eagles at home, and good luck against Stacey Barr and the Warwick Senators. Yeah, you'd have to go for the Senators in this, but we did just sort of say about a few of those teams down the bottom that they could be nuisance could, value and, and yeah. you know, upset the apple cart. Mm. So, you know, up at East Perth on a Friday night, you've got to be tuned in to your game and um, ready to go, but uh, the Senators will have too much firepower in this. They should do, yeah. Sen- senators for me as well. Now, this, <laughs> this is a, a huge Friday night, Randy. This is another game involving teams currently sitting in the top four, the Joondalup Wolves at HBF Arena at home to the Lakeside Lightning. So the Wolves are now in first place. They win this game and they're pretty much lock away a top two spot, I would suggest. But Lakeside, they need to win just to stay in the top four altogether. So this is another this is another cracking contest. Yeah, we're talking about the top four, but we also, you know, the top two is really important just to get For that home court, home, home, yeah. home court advantage, you know, all that on that Friday night of the finals weekend. So I'm tipping the Wolves to beat Lakeside here in a, in a close game. I can't go past the Wolves either in in this one. But, yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a terrific contest. I think at least Ironmonger always enjoys going up against the Wolves, her former team as well. So that's a, another interesting matchup to watch, her battle against Amberland. And if Kayla Sondal plays, that'll be a, a really good inside battle with the Bigs as well. Yeah. Last up, this is – as we spoke to Keegan Crawford about a couple of weeks ago, no matter where they are on the ladder, no matter how many – no matter what their records are for the season – Anytime Mander and Rockingham meet, it's always a, a pretty fascinating contest. The rivalry's a real one, as you know better than anybody, Randy. So Friday night, the Magic are at home to the Flames. Yeah, it all depends what teams um, can be on the floor because yeah. Mander had a couple of injuries over the weekend as well. And Rockingham, we've spoken about their injuries as well. So I'm going to say that uh, Rockingham probably got too much to play for, yep. but uh, it'll be a tight contest at, at home. You understand that rivalry better than anybody. Obviously, Mander is not playing for finals, but... How much would the people involved in that club like to upset the finals hopes of the Flames? I think that's would be they would absolutely love that, and that's <laughs> probably something that they may even talk about during well, the week well, to get up for. Would you bring that up during the week? Oh, why not? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, they've caused some pain to the Magic over the years, <laughs> and you know, they could return the favour here in this. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating game as well as always between between those those two teams. It's never a game you want to miss. So it'll be at Mandurah on on Friday night. I'm sure you'll be there, Randy. Yep, I'll go. Along. Now on Saturday, this is a tricky one for the Southwest Slammers. Let's hope that they they get as many of their 
important players on onto the court and to set up as they can because let's hope it's not a huge blowout against the Junlop Wolves. Yeah, um, obviously the Wolves, we, we they, they're not going to drop the game. No. You know what I mean? And they'll 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 go down there with their full squad and uh, they'll they'll get the job done. But like you said, the Slammers they need to bring their game and you know just just obviously put everything into the game and do all those small things correctly. You know, yeah. and and do the best they can. Yeah, I mean the, the Wolves are going to win, but let's just hope it's not a 40 50, 60, 70 plus game that we've seen, mm. seen popping it from time to time. Now, this one will be a lot closer. Lakeside Recreation Centre, Saturday night, Lakeside Lightning and the Warwick Senators, two teams right in the finals hunt. But this game could tell us a lot about if they end up making the top four or not. Yep, I'm going for Lakeside over Warwick in this to mm. keep their you know finals hopes alive. Um, I was pretty impressed with Courtney Mansfield on mm-hmm. um the Saturday night game I watch, I think she's an important piece of the team. Sure, um, and if she can get going to something of her best, I think that uh, you know could carry Lakeside all the way through to the to the finals. I think it's going to be tight. Obviously, they need to find somebody to to stop Bar. Of course, she could be the one. She could be, yeah. She could do the job too. So I'll, I'll go for Lightning in a in a close game and an entertaining game too. It'll be be high scoring. It'll oh, be they'll, re- be, they'll be putting up lots of shots. These two teams, yeah, for sure. be really good to watch. Oh, it's a tough one to tip. I think usually when it's a toss of the coin like this one, I think usually you go towards the home team and because of that I'll stick with the Lightning, but gee, it could go either way and mm. it could be really important as well depending on how both of them go on on Friday night, so both of them backing up as well. Yep. Last game of the weekend, Randy, Wally Hagen Stadium, the Coburn Cougars hosting the Mandurah Magic. I think Coburn will get over Mandurah just because it's their only game of the weekend. Yep. They're at home. I did mention that Mandurah a little bit banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, uh, you know, Cougars, Cougars play well at home, as we've seen yep. the, the other the other week. So, Well, we've talked about how good the standards are, but they outplayed the standards for much of the game we saw. Yeah, they did indeed. So I think the Cougars will beat the Mandurah Magic in, in this game. I think so too. I think if you're Mandurah, you throw everything into trying to win that game on Friday against Rockingham. If that means you're a bit sore and sorry come the Saturday night, then so be it. So I think the Coburn Cougars on their home floor. So that's round eight done. Like I said, every, all seven of those games are fascinating for for different reasons, Randy. So it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to follow how they turn out, and, and even more fun to come back on SBL Studio next weekend and wrap up what we saw. Because all of a sudden we'll have one week to go, and we'll have a really clear picture of who who needs to do what to to make the finals, but also who needs to do what individually to to win the Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year awards. So plenty to look forward to. For next week now on SBR Shooter Run, and as we talked about, we finished on we started our massive month here to finish off with in a in a really exciting note with Stacey Barr this week. And we promised to bring you, or at least we'll do everything we can to bring you, Casey Milo, Sammy Whitcomb, and and Ali Schwagmeyer over the, the last three weeks here on SBR Shootaround. So we want to reward all of our listeners by giving you the biggest stars that we can can get. So that's what we're aiming for. Do you know what would be interesting? If we don't do it? Having them all at once. Wow. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, they, they could really tell us what they think of each other. No, yeah. I'm only joking. I'm, thought, I'm sure the respect's there with those three. The respect's there, but all three of them, and even St- if you throw Stacey in as well, they all pretty much played the same positions. They were, All four of those girls have, have been used to matching up with yeah, each other. Yeah, they would have come across each other lots of times. Yeah, so really excited now the way we're play- hoping to finish this this season on SBR Shootaround and really excited 
with what the West Coast Classic is going to give us to talk about to finish with as well, Randy. We've got two weeks of the regular season to, get, to go, and then the finals all happen in one weekend. So there's plenty to look forward to. Now, thank you to Wandering Distillery and to Bastard Scarf Realty for making this show possible. Now, for another week, I'm going to sign off and leave you with the trusty words and the trusty trusty memories of a career that didn't always go to plan of, <laughs> of, of Randy Meagle. Yeah, well, we've been having a, you know, a few little gags and stories about stuff that's happened, so I sort of had to dig pretty deep this week, and uh, I sort of thought I'd, I'd use my name because it's mm. quite interesting. Just people um, around basketball with the name Randy, there's not a lot of Australian mm-hmm. men called Randy. It's generally a American name. Yep. So at times during my playing career, definitely when I was in Queensland and, and well, probably more in Queensland, in Kalgoorlie as well, people thought I was an American import. Okay. So I can just remember a story, you know, we were warming up in one particular game. I think we might have been, I was playing for the Maroochid or Sea Eagles and we're at Rockhampton or whatever and I got called out as the American import <laughs> and uh, that didn't go down too well with the the, the other imports. The real that imports? We, yeah, that we had on the team and one of them said to me, his name's Dave Craven, and he said, how come they called you out as the American import? And I said, well, mate, he, he's been watching me in the warm-ups, <laughs> you know. And he's looked at you and thought, oh, you're just a, an Aussie, you know, and this guy is pretty good. So <laughs> I always uh, told him about <laughs> about that. And the other is the way my name gets pronounced. It's a little bit tricky for some people, you know. Including on our intro on this show. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah, it, and that's normal, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got Miguel and Mijul and Migul and all sorts of funny different uh, stuff. And I think it was at a, a Nationals tournament they made a misprint in, oh. in one of the uh, program for the week. So... They printed my name as Rorty Megan. <laughs> so for that week in the Nationals, when I got called out, I was Rorty Megan. Wow. So, yeah, that, that, all the opposition teams were having a bit of fun calling me Rorty. Um, but one of the other funny things was just in the last sort of year of my coaching I can remember at Willerton, the commentator come over and said, listen, I've got to get these names right. You know, there's Moholovic. And I said, well, yep. yeah, Casey Moholovic. If you can't get that right, just say Casey Miley. Mm-hmm. What about this girl here? And they were the Clostorny girls. Yep. I said, this is how you pronounce it. Yep, yep. And what about this girl here, Jinka Palusna? <laughs> and I said, yeah, Jinka Palusna, that's how you pronounce yep. it. And he didn't say anything about me. Okay. So I was sort of pretty confident. You know, he's going to say, yeah, and the coach of the Mandarin Magic is Randy Meagle. But- Plus your daughter, I assume. Yeah, plus yeah. my daughter, yeah. And um, he's got through all the girls and then he's got to me and he's gone Randy Migel. Oh. And I, you know what I mean? I thought, yeah, he got that totally wrong. So, uh, and, and I assume he got all the, the girls' names right, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. So, yeah, there's been some funny stories, you know, with that name and, and that over over a period of time. There's probably a lot more that I could mention, but I don't want to bore the well, that, listeners. Let's <laughs> sign off for this week, Randy. Tell us how you do pronounce it. What's, what's the proper pronunciation? Randy Meagle. There you go. Yeah. And this has been SBL Shoot Around. <laughs>